Hello, and welcome to Second Breakfast, the second most important meal of the day. I'm Sean. And I'm Jason. Sean, what are we having for Second Breakfast today? Well, Second Breakfast today is special because we are not alone at the fire. We are joined by our good friend and the first guest of the podcast, Mr. Swarles Barkley. Hello, Swarles. Hey, how's it going? Swarles has been watching the show with us and wanted to come on the podcast, and uh, Swarles has other podcast ambitions. This is the test, Swarles. True. This is the test. This is True. the test for possible Percy <laughs> Jackson and Aragorn. Oh, uh, don't worry. Or Arag- not Aragorn, Aragon. 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 Yeah. Get it right, yeah. get it right, get it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the trial run. I got to see what you got first. Uh, absolutely nothing. Uh, it's going to be great. Swarles, if you want to just like quick say like what you know, like what is your experience with Lord of the Rings, anything Tolkien? So I actually have the weirdest probably backing with Lord of the Rings because as a young child I sat down to watch these with my mother and okay. yeah I ended up being terrified of the Fellowship of the Ring and couldn't get through it rightfully so yep and so I pissed I, myself a little <laughs> I just couldn't get through it so it took me a while uh, I do remember actually starting my rewatch of it with Return of the King in IMAX and after oh, that, then I had to go through and watch the rest of them, of course, <laughs> okay, figure out okay. what the heck is going on. And then after that, I was hooked on the GameCube games Nice. and played okay, through okay. all of them, you know, with my mom, because she was my best friend back in those days. So it was great. It was wonderful. You know, memories I will always remember. Uh, I haven't oh, yeah. read any of the books, but this show is taking me closer and closer to wanting to do that. Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome. I keep thinking I want to read the books, but I'm like, I want to wait until the show's done. Exactly. Yeah, do you want to yeah. like really so, dive into it during that time? I wait six years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 50, True, hour, 50 hour epic. 50 hour epic. So I'm going to be uh, fucking 30 by the time I can <laughs> read them. Swarrels. I want to do a segment here, and who knows, this segment might be bad, but it's ever since we like conceived of the podcast, I was like, if we have guests on, I want to do this, right? And so if this is bad, I'll just cut this out. Nobody will ever know. But uh, when I think of Lord of the Rings, I think about the epic speeches that are said, the, the great one-liners, and I feel like everybody has their favorite. And so I want to hear from the guests. So I want to, like, obviously starting with you, Swarles, like, what is your favorite line from the movies? They're taking the hobbits to Isengard! <laughs> perfect perfect now you, i'm gonna you. be completely honest because with you. of the meme yeah well, the yeah. meme it's the meme it's purely the meme i need to rewatch the movies i i specifically mm. need Hell to yeah. rewatch the movies if you guys ever grace me with being able to come on again i'll do it again and i will give you without a doubt what my favorite one is hell yeah dude hopefully hopefully in season two exactly uh, today we're going to be talking about episode four of Amazon's original series, Lord of the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. It's titled The Great Wave, directed by Wayne Chi Yip, and written by Stephanie Folsom and J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, who are the showrunners. Uh, this is their first time writing an episode since the premiere, so. Oh, really? Yeah, at least they are co-writing this one. Uh, first of all, I want people's quick thoughts on the episode overall so swarles why don't you start since you're the guest what did you think of this episode absolute banger just they're blowing it out of the park for me they they keep me hook line and sinker i just can't wait for thursdays 
watching it with oh, the yeah. bros at 11 p.m. my time. Oh, it's just I- I'm staying up late to watch <laughs> it for me uh-huh. because naturally <laughs> yeah, I have yeah. to go to work at 6 a.m. the next day. But it's it's worth it. I I I, I can't put it down this is one of the only tv shows all the marvel stuff that's come out everything that i've done i have not gone back to rewatch episodes but i have done that with this multiple times the first three what the first two episodes came out at the same time mm-hmm. i watched mm-hmm. those three to four times yeah i've watched yeah. E- i've at least watched <laughs> e- each episode twice because it's just that good yeah all right uh jason what about you what do you think of this episode dude i i'm just gonna have to agree with swarrels man it- it's so good uh I feel like this episode, uh, having watched it uh, two times, my second time, I realized the first thing in this entire series so far where I'm like, I don't care about this. Okay. It finally has that. It's still a super good episode. It's another nine, pushing 10 out of 10, even with the fact that I know what I do, don't really like about <laughs> the show. <laughs> um, but yeah, really good. Uh, a lot of things that I want to talk about. It, it was an episode where you're constantly having more and more just good moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, like There's only like two scenes in the entire thing that really feel like filler to me. I feel like every single one of them, there's a lot of things happening. It's not just like a setup episode. There's a lot of stuff actually happening. And even in the stuff actually happening, it's still setting up for more, right? Yeah. Like it's not like it's just blowing its load. It's like, okay, we got to set something back up again. But yeah, it feels really good. I'm really excited for the next episode. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this episode as well. I think it's another like 9 out of 10 for me. All right, then let's dive in. We're going to start with the Aregion and Kaza Doom stuff, which I, I enjoyed. The first thing that I really wanted to bring up from this section, uh, because it's right at the beginning, yo, they... They've got to be making everybody act sus on purpose, right? Like, because mm-hmm. Kella Brimbor was yeah. talking, and I was like, mm-hmm. why are you talking like this? Like, he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I <laughs> just remembered that your father and I were great pals, and you know what? He actually mentioned that you would be, like, saving me one time. That's crazy, you know? Crazy to think about, and, you know, like, like it's crazy to think about that Durin, <laughs> might, be hi- Durin might be hiding something, and Aron's like, what? He's like, oh, you know, I didn't really want to talk about that, but, like... Right. So... Kella Brimbor is being sus, but he's so terrible at being manipulative and sus that I'm like, uh, you're just being weird. Like I, you're you're not like I I don't find it malicious. But immediately when Kella Brimbor started talking, I was like, what is your angle here? Because you are, you're being weird. So, yeah. So do you think that he the dad didn't say that, or and he's just like twisting what he said, or is that just? Can you actually see in the future here? I, I'm I'm playing very much dumb because I don't know. Well, they're they're known as having foresight, which is like, like Elrond specifically is known for having like farsight and foresight. Like okay, it's like okay. both, right? And so the gift of foresight, like they even mention it in the, in the movies, even like he can see far off events. Yeah, he can know like things that are going to happen. Um, like uh pretty much like a, a vision in like the mirror or like in the palantir or something right okay, okay, like okay. he pretty much has that by himself um and, and i don't yeah, i think i remember that i don't necessarily think that keller brimbor is lying but i i think it's sus that like it feels manipulative exactly. he like yeah. butters up elrond first and then brings up this like other thing he's like he tries to pit 
Durden against him almost. Yeah, yeah. It, it really feels like either he... It's a very weird character choice, like, for, like, character development for Celebrimbor, for him to be, like, this weird, like, emotional guy when he's, like, the king of Oregion mm. and, like, is, like, a master craftsman to, like, be like that. It, it's either just a poor choice, in my opinion, or he is manipulating Elrond. Yeah. I don't think it's, like, in a... I don't think it's malicious. In an evil no. way, but it's still manipulation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just, he's so terrible at it. I feel like you could see through it very easily as well. It just, I, I don't know. Yeah. The entire way he delivers those lines of like, I'd forgotten about that until just now. And he's kind of laughing a little awkwardly. Like, you know, I, and then, and then he goes into, oh, I shouldn't talk about Durin. You know, I don't know. I, it was a weird scene. I was like, what are you doing? What's, what's your play? What do you want? Um, the, thing yeah. that, the thing that we haven't mentioned though, too, is the fact that, Elves and dwarves are working together. They are. That's true. That forge really cool. is like halfway done. <laughs> like, Dude, um, so cool. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> it's so that, that is a bit. Yeah, that is a bit <laughs> wild. Uh, when are we ever gonna see more than just that room in Oregon? Like, um, please tell me because. I mean, if you can see out the ever window. See that room? I'm mad. I'm like, I, I'm gonna <laughs> guess next season. Mm. I can, I can Maybe see when that. The, yeah, when they start forging, right? Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the episode as well, King Doran tells Prince Doran, Doran to go to Linden because uh, he's like, Gilgalad is sus. Uh, <laughs> everybody thinks everybody else is sus. Uh, it is like <laughs> the tagline of this show. Yes. Uh, but Doran was hiding something, and it was we got the answer to what was in that box at the end of episode two. And it yep. was Mithril, um, which I was way off on my prediction. My prediction was that, like, they were running out of Mithril, and it turns out they had not yet discovered it. And they're just now yeah, they discovering had just, it. They had just discovered it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think I'm, I'm glad with that. I think pretty much every other option we talked about on the podcast was like, I really hope it's not this. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that it was just Mithril. Uh, I, I do like the, the idea that it's like, oh yeah, Disa found it when she was like yeah. singing to the rocks and stuff and, or resonating or whatever. Um, that was really cool. I love the fact that, uh, Durin trusts Elrond enough that if he swears, he'll, he'll tell him. And he lets um, him keep the piece of Mithril. Which is like menacing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I don't like that. It's like, if. Oh no, Elrond slips and falls in Eregion, and then Celebrimbor sees this yeah. piece of Mithril, yep. and he's like, what is this? Okay, yeah. I have a... Which wouldn't really make a lot of sense. But anyway, I, I really like that part. So I, I have a meta question then. Um, is, and I, I guess, feel free to, uh, uh, I guess, steal something from the, the Sanderson community, uh, Raffo it, uh, or, or Wafo it, uh, watch and find out. Um, but, is Mithril uh, involved in the creation of the rings? Like, is them finding it going to be important to the forging aspect? I don't think that's ever been stated inherently, or, like, outright. But um, I'm pretty sure at least one of the rings is made of Mithril. Okay. I, uh, like, at least one of the elven rings. I'm just trying to think, like, on a narrative structure, what is the point of of introducing Mithril, like, making a big point of, like, we just found Mithril, right? And I can think of two reasons. One, that it would be involved in the forging of the rings, or two, 
it's kind of setting into emotion some very bad events for the dwarves uh, as they start to become obsessed I, I think with it's it, both. you know um, yeah I, I think it's both um what one thing that we skipped over a yeah. little bit that i definitely want to point out um is dude i could tell you the love disa Disa's disa great. is so yes. good the actress for disa dude she oh my god dude she literally you see as an audience as the audience you see that when Elrond is calling out that she's lying, yeah. you see her face expression change, and so you know that she's lying, yeah, yeah. right? And then she turns around and gives such a good lie yeah. that it got me for a second. <laughs> it was the best time that I've ever been gaslit, dude. Like, I was like, oh my god, this is so good. Calling a dwarf, it's so calling great. a dwarf dishonest in her own house. Mm-hmm yeah the, what she says something like that that's, that's like, something cool. about strong gravy yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a way to get some strong gravy. Uh, that was a great yeah line. That, dude that, that made me laugh so hard i was like yeah. dang she's <laughs> she is absolutely getting him yeah but as we know he really doesn't get god no true uh true and speaking of disa i love the scene when she's singing oh, oh yeah, absolutely. my absolutely. god well, and the fact that you don't know that it's yeah. her singing at first, and then yeah. it's revealed that it's her, that was really, really cool. Yeah, yeah that was amazing. Uh, the other thing that I want to point out, and you can mark this down as a win for you, Sean, they... the kids were not seen, but they were technically in yes, this episode. Yes, I'm going to mark that as that's, a win, dude. That's a wash, I'm dude. That that's a, a win, wash. Dude. That is a wash. You don't see them, but you hear wanna... them. So I think neither of us are I right. Hear that's from, a wash, uh, dude. All the listeners, also, did I win or did Jason win? There can, th- yeah, yeah. Let us can only know. be one winner. It's a wash. Uh, but I will say the kids seeing the knocking game the knocking and then game. it being how he opens it is like the most D and D thing ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> like ten thousand percent a fantasy book trope. But I love it. Like, it's so good. That scene is also great because we get a great heart to heart between um between uh, Elrond and Dorin, uh, talking about yeah. their fathers. Uh, I didn't realize that Elrond's father carries a star through the sky. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I wrote down in my notes literally that um is Elrond's dad Artemis in this world. No, so <laughs> basically what happens in the first stage is everyone's losing. Like Morgoth, the big baddie, he's winning. Like he's just straight winning. Like so many people are dying, so many kingdoms are being completely destroyed. And uh his father, Elendil, takes a Silmaril and brings it to the Valar and is like, please, please, please save Middle-earth. And they listen to him, but then basically, there's a couple different ways you can look at it. It's kind of almost like this is like a cost for it, that he would be, that he would be like turned into a star. Okay. Right? Um, And it's the same star that's referenced when... uh, Galadriel gives the flask to mm. uh, Frodo. Yeah, yeah. Says, this is the light of Eärendil, our most beloved star, and that's okay. that's literally like yeah, he's he is an he's literally like on a flying boat. <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing. Like he's on a flying boat, and then it like flies into space, and he becomes <laughs> the star. Like the light from the Silmaril just kind of becomes smaller, but then it never disappears. Like it stays there. So he's or he's kind of Apollo a little bit. You know, 
Uh, that's what I said, yeah. like Artemis yeah. Apollo, yeah. Little, you know? A little I bit mean, of Apollo. <laughs> something I do want to point out, though, too, that I really liked was just the little meeting that we had with Durin and Disa. Oh, that yeah. That was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And we see then that uh, Elrond is listening in <laughs> from far away. Yeah, and it's far he's able, It's so dope. Yeah. He's able to hear uh, them talking about that they're making good progress in the old mine below Miramir, if I said that correct. But mm-hmm. is that does that have any connotation to you, Jay? No. <laughs> okay, no, I didn't know if that. I just, didn't know if that was like just, something big or not. It's just like flavor, as far as I'm aware. It's just flavor. Okay. Yeah, dude, I-, I love that they actually showed him with like the far side. They they kind of a little bit allude to it when Galadriel is being shipped off to Valinor, mm-hmm. and he's like, I can no longer see her. Oh, Even yeah. though, like, you don't see no boat. Yeah, like, yeah. The whole time. <laughs> it's just an empty sea. Uh, but, yeah, I, I like that they, sh- like, really showed it. Because it's something that they kind of vaguely allude to in the movies as well, right? It's just like a shot of, like, Hugo Weaving, like, staring out. and But the camera's just looking straight at him, yeah. right? But the idea is that he's seeing these events or that, like, and that's how he knows what's going mm-hmm. on. And he kind of becomes like a narrator for the audience in that way. But I love how they did it in this. Oh, yeah. Um, that's just kind of in your face great. there. I also loved the scene where at the at kind of the end of the towards the end of the storyline, uh, Elrond tells the story of how him and Doran met. And I just love how like it yeah. reminds me so much of like, <laughs> listen, G- Gimli. Yeah, it's so good. The, oh, yeah. You wouldn't remember your yeah. face if you were gazing in a mirror. Yep. That line yep. made me laugh so hard when we were watching it. It's so good. And all all four of the dwarves made it out alive. That was great. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, that yes. Was cool. That was a cool little sequence. Because that was right after it. Yeah, that was right after everything. We get that news, and then they go into how they met but they also talked right before that i i thought it was really good the little meeting with uh elrond and durin about fathers it was definitely you know you don't know what you have until it's gone and you do anything just to i guess get that little bit of extra knowledge Mm -hmm. yeah well and like there's always like the trope in so many things that's like you know people looking up at the stars and like trying to talk to somebody who's dead right exactly like yeah. literally in like lion king lion king he, he yep, does it both right of us. <laughs> like but that's literally his dad <laughs> like so it's very weird it adds a whole nother layer that every single time he looks up at the star he's actually looking at his dad which i thought was really cool world building i really enjoyed that i really liked the conversation where with, with between the two dordans where he was like our people believe that when a new dwarf is like raised to being king. Like he gets, he has the voices of all the previous ones. And he's like, but you don't yeah. need to wait till that moment. Like I'm here, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the first real scene that we see between the Durans. Yeah. And I immediately like believe the relationship. Like, yeah, we got like a 10 second scene teasing the Mithril, but that was the first real scene. Like the actors are just so good. And oh, yeah. they have really good chemistry. I really like the writing in that scene. I also really like between that scene and Disa singing, you know, I feel like in most fantasy, dwarves and dwarven customs and like dwarven religion and like all these different things are typically very, very mysterious and are kind of usually left to just, oh, we won't even like talk about it, right? Like it's, a, it's very secretive, like dwarves yeah. are usually very secretive. 
I like that we dive into it a little bit, like seeing the singing, literally the mountain moving and stuff, and Elrond like noticing, but they don't like go into it too too deep, where it just it just keeps that veil of mystery while also being able to see more than what I feel like you would typically see in a fantasy movie show, whatever. It's it was super cool. And what do you guys think about what King Durden said at the end there? Do you think Gilgalad had other... Which I thought that was interesting because he's... Uh, do you think he's just being paranoid? Because Gilgalad didn't send him here. Gilgalad sent him to go help Elrond and then El- or, or to help mm-hmm. Celebrimbor and then Elrond brought the, or- the, the dwarves up on his own. Or did Gilgalad know that Elrond would go to the dwarves because of that relationship with Durden? Like... What do you do? You think that's just dwarven like paranoia, or do you think there's really something there? What do you think, Sorrels? I think there may be something there for the most part, but I, 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 what I truthfully believe is I think that it's just paranoia at this mm-hmm. point. I, I, I mm. don't see anything that would truthfully, for us at least, as though like the Watcher, we're not able to see anything with Gilgalad and the dwarves. From what we know, the idea was mm-hmm. Elrond's to go and to cause a doom. So that would point me as like, uh, I don't, I don't really see Gilgalad having any role to play with this. But like you were kind of talking in a little bit, he may have that mithril, and it just like, oh no, it's fallen out of my tunic, <laughs> and oh gosh, Gilgalad and Celebrimbor sees this. Yeah, that that would be a way. But maybe, maybe he has foresight and he sees it. Yeah. You know, does do we know if Gilgalad has foresight? No, it, it's it's like a pretty unique thing to Elrond and his family because okay. his like great great grandmother, like on his mother's side, is literally a Maiar. Like <laughs> they're oh, wow. like literally a, a lowercase G. Lowercase G God. Um or like more like an angel, I guess. I don't know that I have much more to say about the storyline. I I have one thing that I loved. I have uh, absolutely when they're uh trying to figure out if he can trust him to tell him about Mithril, he says Dorvin anger yes. outlasts elven memory. Oh, I love that. Oh, Great man. line. That was oh, really that was Dude, great. that was that was amazing and then we get the whole thing of how he makes an oath in the memory of his father mm-hmm. and whatever he tells him will enter his ears and that's mm-hmm. it. You know, it won't will not go to another soul. I think that's just it just shows the friendship that they have right And there. I love that they're swearing on the mountain. Right, they exactly. like, they have to touch. It. I thought that was great as well. Uh, Jason, you got anything? Yeah. Um, one thing I I, I kind of deferred to Swarles on it, but it is something that I definitely wrote down. Where it's like, I wonder because I think that Durin he does have a good sense. I don't think that it's just paranoia. Okay. Like, yeah, it's pretty tropey that like dwarves are very paranoid. Like, yeah, paranoid, untrusting, yeah. especially when Free. it comes to elves. I wonder if it's, you know, that Durin definitely senses something that's more at work. Whether it's something that, like, Celebrimbor is plotting or Gilgalad is plotting. Or if he just senses something else that he is thinking is... His suspicion might be misplaced, right? but there is something right. there. Right, like, maybe he's just having this feeling that something's going on. Because there is, There's like, a ton of happening. bad things... Yeah. It throughout all of Middle Earth, right? So, um, I th- I wonder if it's just because, hey, you know, dwarves—they're in their mountain, dude. They they don't freaking leave the mountain, so they don't know anything that's no. going on in Middle Earth. And that's a, a, a true of so much in in fantasy, where it's like, 
Oh, yeah, the dwarves didn't even know what was going on for the last, like, 200 years. They've been fighting, like, goblins in there, dude. Like, <laughs> they're, they're a world apart. Yeah. And so I, I wonder if it's something where he is just feeling what everybody is feeling, it feels like, in Middle-earth between, you know, Gilgalad in the, in the leaf, Galadriel, Muriel, Elendil. It kind of feels like a lot of our protagonists are, like, Something terrible's gonna Something happen. Something is wrong. Yeah, we can feel. <laughs> and that. I wonder what yeah. it is. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. who, who, who uh, could see this? Yeah. Right, right. One thing I did want to mention while we're still on yes. the dwarves, I wanted to try and find because there's so much like trivia and stuff that they actually add into the episodes I didn't know about. Also, they have like artwork where it'll be like stills of the episodes, and then they'll also have the concept um, art. Yeah, the concept art it was really cool. I thought it was crazy that like Durin used to have black hair in the concept oh. art when they drew like the scene between oh, really? the two wow. durins but i love yeah, that it looks red. great you oh, know yeah. like it's great it's it just, looks, it just it's fits. so gimly you know like the dwarf red red dwarven hair it's perfect dude um and the the thing that i want to point out is you know when elrond is has the scene where he's doing the far sight and mm-hmm. then the two dwarven guards come up and are like you lost yeah. elf <laughs> that yep. that actor is dave chapman who is the puppeteer for BB-8. Oh, I love that. Oh, wow. I love BB-8 so much. <laughs> yeah, among uh, a yeah, million yeah, yeah. other things, but it was just something that I thought was cool and, oh, and yeah. kind of random. <laughs> something else that was really interesting, we kind of really didn't touch too much on it, was that the Mithril is super hard to mine. Yeah. Like, they're, yeah. they're saying it's very perilous and everything, and I thought that was really interesting to be like, hey, yeah, it's so perilous, and then, oh, yeah, big boom, and everybody's trapped. King Durin's like, yeah, you're not doing that no more. We're not wasting anybody's uh, lives down there. Um, that one was interesting to me because if it's something that they've, it's so precious. Why, why, why are they stopping this? You know what I mean? Like, why does the king not see the what? I guess other dwarves that we are, we've seen within this realm, this uh, this fantasy world. We've seen them, once they see these stones, they normally are taken by them. So why, why is this king actually valuing his, uh, his ken, almost, yeah. you know? I mean, I, it's very non-greedy. I, I, <laughs> I think it parallels the stuff happening in Numenor pretty well, in that both, both countries or both kingdoms are doing things that will directly lead to their own demise but i think that it's almost reversed in that um in that we see miriel making the wrong decisions right trying to trying to like send galadriel Mm -hmm. away and stuff and then you know coming around whereas it almost seems like dordan right here is starting at the right decision which is this stuff is too dangerous we should leave it alone and maybe is going to shift to the wrong decision later. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And I think that might be an interesting parallel between the two that, places. That actually makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, the last thing that I did love that they put in, and I, I'm just, I, I have a total bromance for these two, <laughs> Durin and Elrond. Yes, these I guys are it. amazing. Uh, but I love that they snuck in the 20 years is too long to stay away, yeah. even for an elf, whenever they're talking about why are you Yeah, here. yeah. That was great. Uh, I'm going to shift the conversation over to the Southlands because we desperately need to meet Adar. Uh, 
Yes. I went through a lot of emotions when I when I met Adar uh, for the first time. Uh, I, I, I was right about thinking that he had the the pointy ears. Uh, we yep, were yep. kind of wrong about a lot of the things that we theorized at the end of last episode about. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is uh, good. I'm glad. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Turn looks like he's he's some sort of elf, some sort of corrupted elf, and I, I'm just gonna say it. He's still kind of hot, even though his face is fucked up. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. At first... He said, if I if I close this one eye I, and then I can just a little bit... Just gotta that, uh, <laughs> it, like, it adds character, dude. It adds character more than makes him look hideous at all. I'm like, what's happened to you? What, it makes me more interested in him, all the scars on his face, than it makes me go like, what's going on there, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, dude. A daddy is kind of a, an interesting character for me, you know. A daddy, a daddy dude. <laughs> daddy, dude. The first shot that we see of that storyline, oh where you you just kind of see Rondir chained a little bit, and then the music goes like boom yeah. as it cuts to the scene of all the orcs mm. just standing there staring at him. Such a good scene, dude. Oh my the, gosh. All of the camera work and all the scenes in this show are so good, dude. I continue to be impressed with it. It's insane. Oh, yeah. Like, I love it. The orcs, the fact that they just are able to give you so much emotion, even through all the makeup and, like, prost- or like, uh, like silicon and stuff on them, like... Oh my god, dude! It's crazy. I'm not gonna lie; they they actually had me feeling a little. Oh, I absolutely, for the right. absolutely, and like Adar is kind of tearing up a little bit as as he's doing yeah. it. Uh, I, I noticed there's like an orc shaman. Yeah, it feels almost like a fucked up orc funeral. You yeah, know? I was gonna like, say it almost felt like a funeral. Exactly. Yeah. S- somebody yeah. online pointed out a detail regarding um, Adar's costume. That was very mm-hmm. interesting. I don't know if you guys have have, have seen this. I, um, I nope. have not. Uh, the it looks like it's kind of it's darkly lit, so it's hard to see. But it looks like under his neck, he's wearing that same kind of like there's like this little piece of his wardrobe that looks the same as Gilgalad. What Gilgalad is wearing underneath his neck, with mm-hmm. the same kind of river design on it, which was interesting because Adar was saying like he was asking uh, Rondir where he was born. And he was talking about um, Beleriand, I think. Beleriand. And he yeah. was saying, and uh, Adar was saying, like, yeah, I've been on that river as a boy. And I thought it was interesting, the river imagery on his on his costume as well with that. And it being the same thing that um, that uh, presumably Gilgalot is wearing. So, I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear he's like a corrupted elf or something. Like, he's an evil elf. I don't think he's, I think it kind of kills my blue wizard theory. Uh He's just, I, so I was uh, right. Definitely, I don't think it works with our kind of. We had a theory about maybe possibly corrupted Numenorian last episode. Definitely doesn't right, seem like right. it's that. He's got the pointy ears. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think of Adar now that we finally been introdu- been introduced to him? Creepy as heck, but I love mm-hmm. him. I I can't I, really I'm get a neutral feel. on him. I, I I was very much intrigued with him when they teased him. And then I liked him when I watched it the first time. The second time, I'm kind of, like, more lukewarm on him. I want to see more of him for sure. Oh, yeah. But I think I think without the, without the like, intense tension of watching it the first time, uh, 
it's kind of just more like I want to know. I just want to see more until I can really feel like I have a great opinion on him, really. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm kind of neutral on him right now. I'm just glad that this show finally answered the question of what happened to Benjamin Stark after he disappeared in Game of Thrones. He came to this show and he became an evil uh, elf man. Uh. Um, if anybody doesn't get the bit, that guy played Benjamin Stark in, in Game of Thrones. So, okay, what, what do you think? Uh, we're going to stay on Adar for a minute because I'm fascinated by Adar. Uh, any, any, like, kind of dark and disturbing, menacing villain that's kind of handsome, I'm like, hey, yo, what's going on? Uh, <laughs> he talks about the lies that you have been told. Uh, and I saw somebody point out that in one of the trailers, he says the lies you have been told about Middle Earth but it sounds like they cut the rest of that line for the show. Um, and they just... I think it was more of like a splice. Or, or maybe he says Middle Earth somewhere later and they and they kind of made it sound like that. Yeah. yeah. But I... I What do you... I mean, Jason, you might know, but uh, Swarles, what do you think these lies are that Arandir has been told? Is it just that Sauron is gone? Like, is that the lie? That could be the lie, I think. But also, I think that some of the lies is just what middle earth is supposed to be mm. maybe i think that you know he, he talks about creation Yeah, he says it's the lies are like born into the earth like exactly you know and so it, it, it may be he talks about creating a new world he wants to be a god he uh, says he's like he yeah he said i am no god not yet well at least not yet <laughs> so i i really think that he some of these lies have to do you know this is just my hypothesis but i think that it has to do with where they're at and what they're doing is not exactly what they should be doing according to what middle earth sh you mm. know it, what what it mm. is what do you think jason you got anything yeah. to say about it or um, <laughs> i have two theories i have two theories um uh of who he is okay um i mean one is that he's sauron yeah right? yeah like I, I that that's something that a lot of people have been. Oh yeah, yeah, Adar, he's Sauron. They call him like father. I feel even less like sure of that after this episode, just because he seems so. I feel sad. more sure of it. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna I say was, more sure of that. I, I feel more sure of it. Um, the fact that he's called Adar and that yeah. he's like incredibly old, and the whole without like getting too deep into like the character of Sauron, like what he says is like very. Mm like wanting order and wanting like the truth and stuff it, it's very sauron mm -hmm. um but i could also see it being like a kind of a switch up where maybe it's just a corrupted elf who like yeah. you know saw the destruction of valerian like he was there like he, he's obviously scarred right so i could see that you know Oh, we see the scene where all the people are floating in the water again, and Bro is in the yeah. water, but then he survived. That's right? what I was kind of thinking, is maybe we're going to cut back to that again at some point when we learn about Adar. I kind of think maybe he's not... So I, I think his compassion towards the orcs is part of what makes me be like, I don't know that you're Sauron. Yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know. I, I could see it being Sauron, and I could see it being like a... a just a bad elf, you know? The rest of this storyline is setting the stage for what might be, like, a mini Helm's Deep, which is, like, kind of yep. exciting. They're all in that tower, and the it sounds like the, uh, sounds like the orcs are coming. The sequence where Theo is in the town, like, that entire thing, first of all, love that the other kid, Ro Ro uh, 
Rowan. Rowan, as soon yeah. as the clouds cover the sun, he's like, fuck you, Theo. I'm gone. I Good Beow. luck, dude. <laughs> like, dude, it was so intense. The, the t- they are so good at building tension and oh, it yeah. being a lot, a lot of times in a lot of different shows and movies. Like, I don't really particularly like horror films just because I feel like a lot of times it's very heavy handed. Um, whereas here, yes, it's like very obvious. That's like, okay. It's more like a world-building fear, I mm-hmm. feel like. What, that I feel like when I'm watching it, where, you know, you see the dead animals where they ate it. Like, they picked its bones, you know? Yeah. Like, they completely mm-hmm. ate this thing. And then, uh, you know, the character's feeling a bit scared and squeamish. And then, you know, everything kind of feeling like it's all right. And then he goes a bit too far and everything. The sun going yeah. down. I don't know, dude. They they continue to hit the tension and the the horror of orcs and orcs against normal people, right? Not against the superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like they're actually one orc is actually scary to a normal person. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I feel like they're really doing a really good job of hammering that home. I'm for sure so interested in the blade because I think maybe some of our. I don't want to say some of our theories aren't are are like completely dismissed about the blade because I think that it could still it could still be something. Yeah, I have some thoughts on. But it, the yeah. idea that like we see that he stabs himself with the blade, and like he uses the blood to ignite the lightsaber. Um, <laughs> but we also see later it looks like that dude. I can't think of his name, but the old guy, the, the tavern, tavern the guy, uh, Waldrig. Yeah, is like, yo, I'm also a Sauron fanboy, and like, I'm ready. Like, you see, I stabbed myself with that thing too. And so, I know one of our theories was that, like, maybe it needs royal blood or something. And it, if, yeah, that's, that's out the, out the I don't know. Maybe that's like, maybe that guy's, maybe that's Halbrin's dad. Like, <laughs> uh, unlikely. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that theory is kind of out the window. But if, if this other dude was using it too, but there's, there's a lot going on there that I think is interesting. Yeah, oh, yeah, I think either I was right about it or like right about it being a key. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Ah, did I say this on the you did. <laughs> on the podcast? You did. Okay, I, Yeah, you did. I talk about it so much, I don't know. <laughs> but I think it's either a key to um that did, did I you say said, the, you said the place? Yeah. Okay, okay. I I just wasn't sure what I had like uh spoiled or not i guess i, guess, I don't know if it's like spoilers, a key to transforming but... the southlands we'll say without getting to yeah into it, you know like yeah it's 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 either a key to it or in a more like subterfuge way that they're he's looking for it in order to give it to the men of the southlands mm. to unite them and then kind of have them be more like a puppet nation mm. type deal or it's both mm-hmm. I I could see it being both, you know, where it's like what needed to happen in order to trigger the changing of the Southlands was that the hearts of the men there needed to be changed. They need to be corrupted themselves. They need to be corrupt, which could then, I don't know, like ignite the sword proper, right? So that it doesn't disappear Mm -hmm. or something uh, and not have to keep being reignited. And then uh, also be able to then trigger the changing of the southlands you got any thoughts about the sword swirls the sword is super interesting that's what i was kind of wondering is like whenever i saw him have the hilt whenever they're walking into town 
I was like, oh, dude, he's got the sword. Okay, well, then he takes it out, and it's just a hilt again. I was like, why did this thing disappear? So it, I'm very intrigued to see, like, we saw uh, Waldrig be like, I got the same <laughs> scars, you. Yes, we're going to bring back the lost Sauron. Yeah, Sauron so I, it, Sauron. I really just want to know exactly what's going on there, because um, he, he was just going on and on about how the the starfall is meaning that Sauron is back. So is that supposed to be another, like, nod at, like, hey, this guy that fell in the meteor, meteor man, stranger, he's he's Sauron, no doubt about it. Is that, like, another misdirect, do you think? or I, I think it's just a crazy, evil old man. Looking for the signs, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know, the imagery of, like, the place that they live and just the vibe that you get from the people there. Uh, I, I feel like most of the people there are probably evil, like, straight <laughs> up. Like, I'm, I'm... Oh, yeah. I, no, I, I was kind of shaming him. I was kind of like, mm, that's not very uh, cold, uh, PC yeah, yeah. of you, Mr. Uh, <laughs> Captain of the Elves, you know, where he's like, their blood. Yeah. Hey, you got to remember, their blood is stained, okay? And then oh, Rondrigo's yeah. like, no, no, they've, they've, it's been a long time, you know? They could have <laughs> And now you're looking Nabra. at him and you're like, they might now, be killers. Now I'm like, these people are evil, bro. They're like assaulting, they're like assaulting Rowan when yeah. he's coming with the food that's there to save them. Dude, I didn't even notice the first time Waldrig is like fighting somebody. It's like he's like playing basketball and somebody's Ding up on him and he's like he's going back and forth with a bag of flour, dude. Like, holy cow. It's ridiculous. Like, even Waldrig's there doing it. Like, I think they're all freaking feral. Oh, oh yeah. The, the and it's like understandable, is... like the the horror that they're feeling and like they've been kicked from their lands and like they are on rations and stuff. So like it makes a little bit of sense, but to me, bro, I got bad vibes from everybody. Maybe minus like the the children, unless your name is Theo, <laughs> who's a thousand percent evil. That, but I don't think Brown is evil. I don't know, dude. I think you're, you Bra might Brawin? you Brawin? might be a little distracted Brawin. by the mommy of the nature, if you know what I'm saying. I know? mean, maybe, but she she, she does care she for her like son a, a lot. Yeah, person. yeah, yeah. The one thing that I I will want I do want to go back to Waldrick yeah. a little bit. Uh. He, he he states whatever they're talking about the hilt. He says, "No sword, a power from our ancestors." Mm-hmm. So, what type of like uh, is that? Just meaning like the same type of power that we're talking about with these rings, or is that just no. like is that just the lightsaber in a lightsaber? No, lightsaber. I, I would have to see the line again because it's it's kind of vague to me. I the first time I heard it. It made it seem like it was a tool that Morgoth made. That's what I thought as well. For Sauron. But, but yeah, then I said... also felt like it was like, okay, it, Morgoth made it for the men. But then I was like, okay, maybe it's Sauron made it for the men. You know what I mean? Like, I'd, I'd have to, yeah, I'd have to it, watch the scene I, again to I really also... get it. But to me, it just seems like it's more like a relic. Yeah, I don't know? know that Waldrick knows what the fuck he's talking about either, though. That too. True, he does wear a weird necklace. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like it. <laughs> Uh, the actor that for thing, does so he's very good oh he's great he's great but that thing does not look comfortable no but i think the the standout no, no, no. sequence of this episode with the southlands is an extended one of first of all oh my god the camera work during that like one shot oh, where he's bro. sneaking yes, through the dude. village and from the second he clambers out of the well to when he gets surprised turning the corner it's all one shot and it's yeah. so so good it feels like a video it game does scene. Uh, 
I want to go out on a limb here and say that we probably have two of the best shots in like streaming history or whatever TV history, whatever you want to call it. And one of them is definitely the scene where he gets out of the well and it's all one shot. It reminded yeah. me of what was that movie that came out nineteen eighty four or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. just all one shot and it was so well made. I was like, did they get the guy that made that movie to come out and shoot just this one scene? <laughs> it was scene? happening and all I could think of was like, Yeah, Daredevil, Daredevil. And I was like, Oh wait, I'm not watching Daredevil. I'm not it's <laughs> This is different. Hallway scene. I'm like, exactly. I'm like, oh, they're going to fight in the hallway. Let's go. <laughs> I liked the nod to the, like, lore that is that the orcs can smell men. Yes. Like, they have really good sm- They got scent. really good smells. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a, he's got a cut on his leg, yeah. right? So he's like, smells his blood, yeah. basically, right? Um, Which, to me, it's like, if you smelled that, you would 100% be like, over here, but like orcs are just dumb, so you can kind of get away with it. Yeah. Right? Well, they're, they're, they're kind of beating each other up, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they were beating the <laughs> crap out of each other. And they're also fast as yeah. heck. Whenever he's in that tavern, oh my gosh, that orc just... Yeah. yeah. And I, I... I love that character. It's, his name is, is, was Valrath, right? I'm so sad he had to die. That's Jed Brophy. Mm. He's like one of the the dwarves. Okay. He's the the orc where he's like he took a little tumble. Off the cliff. <laughs> right? That's that's the same actor, and he is so animated with all of that. It's so good, dude. When his eyes go wide when he sees it and stuff. Oh my god! It 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 just it just hits just right. I'm so sad he had to die because <laughs> I loved. <laughs> I love that we have these conversations about these orcs where we're like, "Oh, I like this one. I really like this one. I really like that one." You know? Yeah. yeah. And I love the sequence uh, in the forest. Um, mm-hmm. I, I the whole time I we were watching it, and I'm like, if he pulls out a horn, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> I thought a Ron deer was like 50 percent dead. But then when Bronwyn showed up, I was like, 95 percent. He's gonna die, dude. But the he didn't. But I love the and see, I yeah, was the sun rising, and <laughs> and then you find like obviously we were talking earlier. We were like when you don't know that it's Disa singing, but you also hear Disa singing over this portion before it cuts back to the dwarves, and it's just oh, it's very good. Yeah, Disa is just got an amazing yeah. voice. Her a- the actress is just oh my gosh, it's and amazing. He catches the arrow out of the air, and then he just fucking puts it yeah. back in the boat. Oh my god! I actually, the, I will have to say the only way that would have made me like more excited is if it was a headshot. Yeah, because it was uh, that, that would it would have just been like, oh my gosh, he is he is the new elf. Yeah. He is you know just like I I I bow at him. Uh, yeah. The 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 other like last thing I would also want to say is you know we know like shit's gotta happen, right? Mm-hmm. They they now know we know as an audience now what they're looking for right Mm -hmm. they're looking for the sword my question now is does did theo pick up on it right like he's terrified he's hiding in a well but i feel like he's a really smart kid right so who knows that he does he know that they were looking for it i feel like probably not right like maybe he has an idea an inkling or something but like would he tell anyone if he did know he's right the fact that he's not telling people that he's still hiding it and stuff uh the fact that he wouldn't even like tell his mother like hey like they're chasing after me because i have this thing right like i just endangered all <laughs> rondier puts an arrow in his here. eye as soon as he sees it he's like oh i'm not fucking with that he just kills the kid right. he's like uh-uh. right <laughs> so so we know this is like has to happen so it's like what are 
Like, is the fleet of elves in Numenor going to save them? Or are they going to actually all be, like, captured? A lot of them killed? Man, I have no idea. A lot of them having to, like, pledge fealty to Sauron? Like, are we going to watch some corrupted humans? Like, or just, like, evil humans? Not, like, corrupted. It's not like they, like, change. They just... I think... Are more messed up, you know? <laughs> I think that they are not going to get saved. I think that if they do get so. saved, it's really towing the line of just redoing Helm's Deep. Like, you're in this place. They're all coming to you. You're you're yeah. starting to lose. The men well, of Numenor are here. You know, I just, I don't know if they're going to do that again. <laughs> Geologically, it doesn't make sense yeah. either. Not, it's definitely going to be in Gladriel's Gandalf. It's going to be think, great. I think it's going to be that, like, they're going to get beaten at the tower. And then later on, the, I do think, like, the men of Numenor are going to, like, show up. But I think the, the men of the Southlands are going to lose first. I don't think it's going to be the, the, the nick of time, you know, or he, the heroes arrive. I think it's like, we lost, but maybe we can save a couple people. Yeah. Um, definitely one thing that I noticed that I thought was absolutely hilarious, though, is in the scene where he catches the arrow, he definitely kicks Theo to the ground, yeah. and he definitely didn't need to do that. It was just like, get down! <laughs> I don't know. I, th I think maybe it was like he didn't trust him to respond fast enough with get down, so he just... He just puts him down. <laughs> Too funny. Yeah. And then the other thing I noticed was back in the trench when we first see Arondir, the orc that Arondir, you know, shivved with a twig yeah. is lying there on the ground while he's then been stabbed by Adar and they start taking off all of his armor. Yeah. His armor was elf armor. Yeah. That's cool. I thought that was so interesting that they were just like, yeah, I'm taking this. This is good stuff. They, they, don't, like they, they just don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't very, care. A very orc thing that they put together stuff from people they conquered, whether it's like men or elves, and then they just kind of strap like leather and crude metal to it and yeah. stuff. I, I, I love that trope of orcs. It's really cool. Like the two different versions of orcs, right? Where it's like, the super evil orcs that do that stuff, and then there's like the orcs where it's like Skyrim orcs, where it's like they're just more like tribal, but then they have their own type of like metal or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like they're kind of like adjacent to dwarves in that way, right? Like sure. I, I love the, you know, just putting crude metal that like rusts and rots and stuff next to like <laughs> something made by an elf that just would never rust even in the rain for like millennia you know oh, yeah. and it's not that it's not that the time has eroded the elven thing it's that the crude metal that they attach to it is like seeping into it and is making it a shitty piece of armor you know <laughs> like, mm -hmm. i think that that is so cool oh yeah it's really great and i also like back in the trenches when we first see like they take the orc away and then arondir and adars talking well we see uh, around deer pick up a, a stone yeah and but it, uh, adar fight. yeah <laughs> adar does like takes him off guard and starts speaking elvish when yeah and asked him where he was born you know and we get all that stuff and by the end it almost looks like i mean he could just be dehydrated but it almost looks like uh around has been like drugged is the way he's looking because he just like not spacing out and everything or right. I'm just wondering if there's some sort of magic even going on because we see him gripping that stone so tight by the end of it and he just eventually is like, what do you want me to tell them? And just gives up. 
I think it's more of like a survival instinct. But yeah, the, like when you when you see Sauron in the movies, it's like whenever he is talking to somebody, it's like a drug, you know, like he's yeah. he is overpowering them. He's dominating them. Right. This I don't think is like Sauron, like at his peak strength or anything, if it is right. Mm-hmm. But I did get the vibe, but I feel like the rest of what was happening would not lead me to think that, right? Like, if, like, the, the, the fact that there wasn't really a ton of music going on, yeah. nothing from, like, Arondir's real, like, POV, um, that would, like, lead me to believe that. But, yeah, he's, like, kind of shaking. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, like, he's just really fearful now because he's, like, there's way more going on than I thought, you know? Oh yeah, like, I, he's he's thinking this could be Sauron. I think internally, right? Because that's what he talked about with his elven friends, and he's like, "What the hell are you?" You know, like maybe finally realizing, you know, Sauron. Like, oh, is Sauron an elf, or is Sauron like like maybe he doesn't know who Sauron actually is, right? Like, I I think it's who, who I think knows? it's also the self preservation thing. I think he's just getting ready to fight if he yeah. has to, and when the guy's like, "All right, I'm, I'm sending, sending you, you with three. a message," he's like, "Okay." Let's not die right this second. Let's kind yeah. of go along this path instead. Um, I, I'm going to move us on to Numenor uh, because there's a lot to talk about with Numenor as well. Uh, the first thing I want to say about Numenor is I'm going to s- skip over the... Uh, okay, I, we're gonna, we're, I don't know, Jason, if you want to say anything about like the shit happening at the beginning of the Numenor plotline. Uh, obviously, uh-huh. we see later on the Palantir that this is like a vision that is being given to people that like some bad shit might happen. Was not expecting that. It looked incredible. Yeah. I don't know if I <laughs> visually so impressive, and I immediately was like, okay, this is a dream, right? Yeah. Like I, yeah, I, I I picked up on it yeah. pretty immediately. Um, but. Yeah, visually looked so good. The people, like, screaming and running away. Like, if you are somebody who has, like, bad nightmares about tidal waves and stuff and drowning and stuff like that, it was not a fun episode for you. I'm sorry. (laughs) You know what? I'm not going to say anything about these visions because I don't know as much as Jason, but I I still know too much. Uh, But, Swarles, what do you think about all the visions that we're talking about in this episode? I'm going to let you be the only person to talk about it. Hmm, the visions, uh, everything, the flood. Uh, one thing that I will say is I said it earlier in the episode about how there's two shots that I think were just absolutely amazing for mm-hmm. TV. The beginning with the CGI, it is absolutely stunning. It's incredible. Yeah. I, I just found myself like knowing that it wasn't real, mm-hmm. uh, but like real as a sense of like, uh, it's a dream. But I, I was just like, man, how in the heck? Did they did they get this? And then I was like, oh yeah, the budget for this yeah. now. Yeah. Um, it's a blank check. But I, I really, <laughs> I really think that the uh, the visions and the uh, that that they see are, uh, how do I say, daunting to mm-hmm. say the least. And I think that it's clouding judgment. Mm-hmm. I, I really think that they eventually they they see oh this is going this way therefore we have to do this now or we're all going to die. And they're also just keeping it to a small amount of people, just like with the King, they're keeping that to a small amount of people that know that. Mm. So I think that if she were to get more counsel, maybe these visions might make more sense to everybody. So that could look at it. Like, I mean, the first thing that Gladriel says is, Hey, uh, 
please correct me if I'm wrong. What, or tell me the word pal, pal, uh, palantir. Palantir. Yeah. What, uh, a palantir. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Palantir. Or palantir. Okay. So yeah. the palantir. She says that they can often be wrong. Mm. Like it's not exactly correct. And she's just so steadfast that this is going to happen, that no matter what, just because she, the elf is here, that we're all doomed. And so I, I'm really want to see what way they take these visions, because as we see in the end, things do end up shifting a, w- a bit from what they had planned. But uh, these visions are definitely something. Uh, you talk about advisors and I'm going to take that opportunity to shift away from the visions. Uh, the, the advisors, I agree. She needs better advisors. I do not fucking trust Farazan for a second, dude. When <laughs> he's, he's the in the street, the yeah. Yeah. when he's in the street and they're all chanting his name, I'm like, that's never a good thing. First of all, <laughs> when you're, when you're, when your lead advisor is out in the streets and he's like, oh, I'm just quelling like doubt against you, my lady, you know, but really everybody out there is chanting his name instead of the queen's. That's never a good fucking sign. Okay. <laughs> that's like. Um. That's like that's seditious, you know. <laughs> like that's some bad shit. Um, I and also hate his fucking son, that Julius Caesar looking ass motherfucker. Kevin, yeah, hate him, dude. dude. Yeah. Like I hate him. He he's going after. It's my not wife. even that aesthetically. I hate his outfit. I'm so glad they don't it all look ugly. like that. Yeah. It looks terrible. His hair is. His terrible. hair is terrible. It looks like a bowl his cut. Outfit is terrible. I I nothing against the actor. I think I he's pretty good fine, in it. Yeah. Yeah, it. I I think that is the only costume so far that I have got looked at and gone. I wish you would have gone with a different style. So that is the thing that I was alluding to earlier in the episode, where this is the first thing where whenever there is a scene about this, I don't give a single shit. The about the, the Aardian and Kemen storyline. Yeah. Anytime What's they're showing there? anything there, well, Aardian's not canon. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, which is weird. So like she's watching this speech with interest and I'm like, okay, I have what am I Id- supposed to be getting out of this? I have an idea without giving any spoilers. Mm-hmm. I think it is going to be used as a tool to help Isildur later. Okay. I just I I feel like I'm supposed to be getting something out of the visual language of them showing how she's watching Farazan and all that and I'm not sure that I real I just I I I I don't know if it's the acting from her, but her face is very blank, and I don't think I really get anything out of it except for she's watching this speech. You know, which might be on purpose, but I'm kind of like it, I'm trying you to. See I'm trying to get something. You see everybody around her chanting "elf lover" and stuff, and she's not yeah. right. Yeah, I think that's on purpose. But I think even once Farazan turned things around, I'm like, okay, so how does she view? this change uh like the dynamic has changed now right and i still feel like i got nothing like i was looking at her and i was just like i don't know what you're thinking i think she's just trying to be like a typical proper girl who is just doing her guild work right like she Mm -hmm. she feels like she's too young to have an opinion even though maybe she does have an opinion but she's just not sharing it it might be like something where she really only shares these opinions like with Isildur or something, right? Yeah. Uh, that's the vibe that I get, and I think that the point of the potential relationship between Arian and Kemen is like it's going to be used as a tool for Isildur later. I am excited to see where uh, that goes, though, because I do like her—not uh, so much him, but I like her. So, 
I mean, I what I what I really wrote down too is like she was super duper excited to get this job in the last episode. Yeah. And now she's finding like, <laughs> hey, this is really not that. She's great. finding any it's excuse not to do her work. Yeah, it's great. Scrubbing, scrubbing, scrubbing is great for dexterity. They tell well, me. It, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I think I, I think it's just more that yeah, she's just having to kind of pay her dues right now. Yeah. She's drawing like architecture and stuff, and she's in a builder's guild. I think she is genuinely yeah. excited about it. It's just more. You got to pay your dues. You got to start at the bottom. Yeah. You know, that kind of shit. Yeah. That's the vibe I get. Uh, okay. Let's talk about Halbrand for a second. Cause I fucking love Halbrand so much. I'm so, I, I, every time I see him, I'm like, Oh, you're going to die. And I really don't want him to. I, um, I literally in my notes have actor for Halbrand is a 11 out of 10 dude. And, and I, love, I think he's hundred oh, yeah. percent a bad guy. Now last episode, I thought yeah. he might be a martyr or something. Like he's going to be like the one good guy. To, like, kind of show that, like, humans aren't evil, like, from the Southlands, like, uh, it, it, I don't know, dude. Between what we said earlier about the Southland people, what I see from him. Although, the one thing I will say is the line that he's talking with Galadriel. Like, he's trying to talk her through, like, hey, this is how you need to think. Like, I don't understand yeah. how you don't get this, but... You, you, Which you is think exactly what we were talking about last episode. How I like what her arc needs to be. How I thought what you were saying is that it's like she's he, he's trying to turn her against men. Is oh no what no no I no no no! Thought you were saying yeah. So yeah no, it's like hey you're not fighting orcs dude. You're, this is political. You're not on a battlefield. Yeah. You know you have to get in their head. But I do like the subversion that it's like hey find out what they fear most, but then give them a means to master it. That's like the one thing right now where I'm like, okay, maybe he's not all bad, right? But then immediately five yeah. seconds later, he's like, yeah, but if you know where she's going, like, you can let her go. It's self-preservation, but it's, yeah, it still keeps me, I don't know. I think he's going to be evil, bro. I think he's a martyr still. Uh, Torals, where do you fall on Hallbrand? Hmm, that's what I was kind of trying to think about that a little bit. Hall Hallbrand is very interesting to say the least to me. I think that... I I just think he he he'll, he'll end up being a good guy martyr. I, I I truthfully do. I think that that speaks well because you see that he really does not want to go back to the to the to Mordor or whatever. <laughs> no, you were right, but yeah, um, <laughs> the Southlands to the yeah. Southlands. But he really does not want to go back there. He he really he really just wants to stay on the island of Numenor and live out yeah. his life. Yeah, he says that again this episode. Like, hey. I'll stop calling you yeah, a horse if you stop trying to give me the lead. God, I loved that. Exactly. When he keeps going. Yeah. He keeps calling her a horse. A cult. Yeah. <laughs> a cult. Um, all right, I want to ask about uh, this thing with the sealed door, okay? Cause... I don't love him. Sealed door. Okay, I really like a sealed door. I don't really love him. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Too, I, I'm not too I keen really on like a sealed door as a character that is in season one and is going to be a completely different leader of men in season five. Like, because we, we know where Isildur is going, right? Like, we know, we've all seen The Fellowship of the Ring. We know how that movie starts. Like, this is a character that is starting in one place as, like, this kind of whiny kid. And by the end of this, we're going to be like, dude, I'll follow you to the end of the earth, you know? Like, yeah, but what happens if he's still a he's whiny not, kid and he just But he's not going to be a whiny kid at the end of it. I, I don't think so. I mean, I, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I get that, yeah. I, I think he does have a lot of character development that's got to happen. And I think there has got to be a time jump at some point as well, right? Yeah, he's got to age up a bit. Um, he's got to age up probably about 10 years What is least. with... Um, what is with... Okay, I was just about to ask Jason this. I was about to ask... Now, if this is related to certain story beats that are going to happen, I don't... Like, 
if it's spoilery to tell us about the West, then don't. But if this is just something in the lore that you can expand upon, Professor Jason, uh, I'd be I'd be interested to know because they keep talking about the West of Numenor. People I mean, notes, like, notes. there's like five branches of the island, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, not off the top of my head. I, I could do some research into it and see, but uh, as far as I know, that there, there's just like a. It's just one of the star, like parts of the star. It's called the Andu Star, right? So, like, okay. Uh, I don't know. Well, there. Mm, I don't know. There, I, I, as far as I thought, I thought that they were in like the West Coast, right? Like, yeah. It, now they're in New York, right? If now. if <laughs> if they are like, well, I, yeah. It, it it could be that they're either. So like you know like when you're a kid and you draw the stars. She's and like, don't go to LA. <laughs> <laughs> there's like the five. There's like the five points. The star at the top, right? Like the point at the top yeah. of the star. I <laughs> thought sorry. that they were to the left one, and then like in between the two points of it, right? <laughs> okay. But I must now. I'm starting to think that they're on the other side. I don't know. I, I guess I I misunderstood which city they were in. Don't go west like your brother. He thought he was going to be a big rapper. And look at him now. Yeah. He didn't make oh, it in gosh. L.A. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 but I'm pretty we sure did. that the, the stuff with Isildur and, like, the west and, like, all that stuff. Is not. Yeah. Like, already in the story. Yeah. Well, I, if I had to guess, because, like, he, Elendil and Isildur, like, are of royal blood, right? They're yeah, not they talk about that in this episode. It's, it's not like they are. They're not next up because next up is yeah. Muriel, right? Yeah. But, um, I thought that was almost like a kind of jokey line to the audience. I wonder when Elendil is like, "Oh, just a petty lord." I feel like it's almost like wink, wink, nudge, nudge at the audience at that point. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did like that line. That 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 line landed for me for sure. I like it. It gives more character to Elendil instead of just being serious brooding man as well dude he's so cool i love him he's an 11 out of 10 actor as well dude he is a lendial to me his voice his yes. voice oh my god his eyes too and then like how they yeah. do his hair and everything is like so perfect but dude oh my god i don't know I, I, the one thing that i think it could be is maybe uh his brother is still sorry still <laughs> is like holding on to the fact that they're royal blood or something maybe he's got some mm. type of not like rebellion but like a coup not necessarily even that either but like I, I, maybe he's got some type of group or something you know whether or not mm. it's yeah, that maybe. they're staying loyal to like the valar and the elves and stuff i could see it being something like that as well um but yeah, I, I still they had another scene where he's hearing a woman whisper and stuff. So I'm I'm intrigued by that. His, is it? I just is it? Am, his dead it mom? might be his dead mom. I'm wanting to see. I I could see it being that. I just am. I'm already kind of sick of Airhead Isildur. Like I want to see him actually make True. a decision and actually do it. But then the fact that he does that, I I think that the West thing is nothing now because it's like. So he says that he's going to go to the West for his brother, but then he feels bad. And then now he just got conscripted, basically. So I feel like it was all just BS, essentially. No, I don't think so. I think it's going to come back. I don't think they're going to... 
I don't. They have ten they, days. Well, I, I don't <laughs> think they're gonna sail to Middle Earth and then everything's gonna be over. I think like oh, yeah. I, I think you know they're gonna go to Middle Earth and then they're gonna fight and when they come back probably yeah. lose and they're gonna come back and that's when. But I think him growing up during the war like by going out to battle like this i think that's going to be a big step towards him coming back and then being like okay i'm going west now you know like i no. i'm gonna there's something out there for me and now that i've faced like danger and 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 combat i'm i'm prepared to go face that yeah well what's curious is in the canon muriel does not go to middle earth interesting she never goes to middle earth okay. she stays but she's like, I'm going to take her myself. Yeah. So. Which, okay, I want to talk about that scene. Because uh, I have goosebumps every time I watch that sequence. When the music is playing and they're like, they're fucking like, all right, now nah, we're going to war. Like, everybody, if you want to come with and fight, you better fucking sign up now. Because we're leaving in 10 days to go throw down. Well, and there's like intense symbolism there the where she sees the... the leaves. Yeah. And then she looks back and she sees Elendil. And Elendil and, Elendil and her have like. A moment, and he looks. Yeah. He's like, he oh my gosh, too. Right, exactly. And he's like, he's like, oh shit. And he turns around and he looks at Galadriel, and they both are having the same thought that what? like we need her. And hey, what's Sean, what's also it mean? the fact that she's having to walk towards Zelendil as well. I feel like is good symbolism yeah. as well. Yeah. What does what mean, uh, Swirls? What 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 is what is the what is the tree petals? They said that uh, it's mean? like represents the tears of the Valar. That like it's reminding everybody that like they're watching. And that, like, exactly, it is, like this is the wrong sending Galadriel is 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 wrong. That was a, such a powerful part yeah. of this show. Mm -hmm. Truthfully, they, I think they filmed it great. Just like a sprinkling of petals at first, yeah. and you're like, oh, maybe nothing, and then all of a sudden, you it's yeah. snowing. Oh, it's so good. It was just, it was amazing. Well, the fact they set it up from like the premonition as well. Really yeah. Cool. God, everything, everything about this episode and about that ending specifically, because that's like when I was like, okay, we're getting into some shit now. Like we're going to, we're going well, to we... go to battle, you know, like uh, it's a good place, I think, to end off the, you know, the middle of the season. True. Oh, why do you always bring that up? <laughs> I do it. And I look at your avatar in discord because I want like some sort of reaction from you. At this point. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm like I'm waiting. So I'm sad. like, how's where I was going to react? I um, something we didn't even talk about quite yet too that I think is like another airhead. You said you're you don't want to you want him to start making decisions. Well, we see him make a decision. Yeah. He decides to f up and get kicked yeah. out. And he gets his so, buddies taken like, out. But then with he, him. but then he's not making yeah. a decision anymore. He's just sitting around moping around. He's like, I don't. I don't know. I think it's been I like a day. I don't deserve to go. Yeah, I think it's been like a day. I don't think it's too fair to be like. Like, I, I, I think he would have done something eventually, but I think it's probably better that this happened first. Yeah. That he can go cut his teeth a little bit in the Southlands instead of eventually going off as a sad sack of shit and dying like his brother probably did. <laughs> is, is the House of Lore out west, or do we really not know? Uh, I would assume so. I can't so. remember what they said. I'd assume so, because but... it's, like, it's closer to Valinor. Like, I could see it being that type of... Uh... Well, I don't remember if he said it was at the, like, there's, like, the the Adune, which is, like, where you end up getting, like, the Dunedain. Like, that is, like, where it comes from. Um, which okay. is, like, basically what Aragorn was the king of. That is, like, mm -hmm. he's the king of it, but it's not Gondor, right? 
So the lightsaber, the sword, mm -hmm. could they be doing something like they say that Sauron is lost? Could they be doing something that once that sword becomes into the possession of Adar, it unlocks Sauron inside no, of him? No, he is like been, amnesia. Like, sealed away. He's like, he is like uh, yeah, he's been like maybe like sealed away somehow or um he need like the his powers are gone unless he has the sword or it's just something i'm thinking about because it's like we only in like the actual original movies we only see sauron as an eye and i know that's not necessarily not true canon and whatnot but like we you, you i was talking with jay and it's like supposed to be like his life force is attached to the ring could that be like almost the same thing with this sword in a way that it helps unlock that version of Sauron or an air, like, you know, where he might be. Or maybe the sword needs to go to the stranger and the stranger then is like, hey, yo, I remember I'm everything Sauron. and I'm going to kill everyone. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, now that you've said that, I desperately want that to be what happens because I really don't want him to be Gandalf. <laughs> so now I'm like, yeah, the sword is the key and he's going to become evil once he gets it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know that that's really what's going to happen, I but I love that theory, and I really there hope is it does. No, guys, I'm sorry, guys. There is no way that the subtext of all of the Harfoot story <laughs> is that, yeah, Harfoots are the real reason why Sauron rose in the, in the East, guys. It's just not possible. Hey, it there started with no, the Hobbits. It had to end with the Hobbits. There is just simply it, no hey, way. Hey, it's poetry, dude. It rhymes. There is just I will, simply no way. I will no have way. to say. But... What I will say is, yeah, that's interesting. I don't feel like it's right, but I feel like it's not a 0% chance, right? Sauron is not ever really yeah. depicted as being a great warrior. He kind of takes, like, a bunch of L's leading up to this point. Like, he doesn't really win a lot of things, especially when it's, like, he's in charge. Like, yeah, like, when he's, like, with Morgoth and, like, they're winning and then the Valar have to come. He he actually still like took an L against uh Galadriel's brother. Uh so Oh yeah yeah. Uh and like Baron and Luthien. Uh, I don't know. It's it would kind of be out of character to me where it's like oh he needs a sword. To me if if it was yeah, something else yeah, he's no, he's, he's not uh he's not really a fighter, right? Okay, um I okay. I could I could see that being something. Um, it does kind of seem like it's strange to me that he's already kind of battle scarred. It makes sense, right? Because he's thousands and thousands of years old and he's been in many battles. So I could see that as well. I guess I kind of depict it or I thought, you know, Sauron would be like extremely fair. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I could see it being that way as well. I just really don't want Gandalf to be. Uh, fuck! Oh no! I yeah. <laughs> I really don't want the stranger to be Gandalf. <laughs> I, I really just called him Gandalf. Oh no. Um, um, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Soros. I will have to say. I really will have to say though. If you'd have told me at the beginning that I would miss an episode where they don't have the Harfoots in it, I I wouldn't have believed it. I really enjoy. I I really miss them in this episode, and I was shocked that we actually got to see adar yeah. and arondir in this yeah. episode i agree i thought i thought we were gonna get a lot of harfoots in episode like going into it but i'll i'll be honest i didn't blink that they weren't in there but i think it's because everything that was in there was really good i'm not like true it's holding true. my attention. i'm not like hurt about it 
but at the same time, I'm just like, I really want to know what's happening yeah. with them, you know? I almost feel like we're going to get a lot of that when we get to the point where <clears throat> the uh, Numenorians are sailing to Middle-earth. Like, when they have to do a travel episode, it's going to be like, okay, let's get a lot yeah. of the Harfoots in this week, you know? True, <laughs> While True. They're, Like, they set sail, and then it's like, okay, it's Harfoot time, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'll come back when yeah. they get to Middle-earth, you know? like Yeah. Um... One other thing that I did want to point out, that, that like, going back to the whole uh, Numenor thing, right? Mm. I honestly didn't really like the prison scene where, like, okay, I like Galadriel doing badass things, but you actually don't see her do anything. It cuts to Halbrand and Farazhan talking, right? Like, you see her, like, yeah. push one soldier. It's a little bit lame. You don't really get to see her do much. But then it's like, okay... They get shoved in there, and then they're just standing there like, please, sir, let me out. <laughs> You're telling me they're not like, hey, guards, she's escaping, right? Like, they're not yelling? Are you kidding me? Also, there's not more jailers. There's three jailers in this entire thing. Jason, I get that Numenor. how I, dare you? I get that Numenor is like a paradise island, so maybe they don't have a ton of jail cells, and maybe they don't have like a ton of jailers, therefore. But still, bro, you're not yelling. I don't know, bro. They should have had her, like, knock them out. And then, like, I would be fine with Farazan, like, not doing anything because he's in the middle of talking with Halbrand. I think that that's fine. And then Galadriel just walks out that bitch. Like, she owns the joint. Like, what the hell? Yeah, because she does own the... <laughs> and climbs a tower. Yeah, yeah, because she's the best. And if I hear any more slander for the love of my life, I swear you know to God, what? neither of you were going to be I'm going to say another thing about Galadriel. <laughs> the f I don't get why she keeps saying... That it's like, oh, that the men need to be loyal to the elves. Because the Valar give men Numenor from a in their own, in the words of Muriel, a a day of virtue, right? Not because it's loyalty to the elves, it's loyalty to the Valar and doing the right thing. Like standing she's up against Morgoth. I hate this she's weird got a bit of a superiority thing. Yeah, this all. weird submissive subtext is weird, bro. I don't like it. Dude, I, I, any yeah. day. Any day. I'll bow down to the elves. I don't care. I welcome One. our new elf masters. But I do love that she, <laughs> she got her ass thrown in jail. Because if she was able... she broke her ass out. If she was, if she was able to talk shit straight to her and be like, you know what? You're not even in charge. And then yeah, not man. get locked up or killed immediately. That would have been some bullshit. So I'm glad that they... But I don't understand why she just continues to make the same mistakes. I like that Halbrand finally is like, yo! What are you doing? Two, three, two or three things that I really enjoyed, though, that we haven't really talked about is the scene before where she is like, I am a Tempest. I really enjoyed that. I, I, we, we're, we're seeing more of her raw emotions, I know, but I, I don't know why, but I really enjoyed line that good, line. Yeah. Um, uh, I enjoy I her mistake. sneaking up. Yeah, I, I true, but... I enjoy her sneaking up into the cool. tower, but I was really sad. I really sad to see the king incapacitated. Like I'm hoping we see him I in some sort of way there. because, yeah, I really want to see I something a little bit there. I I think he is a non-factor for most of the rest. Like maybe she'll talk with him. Also, she at the know, very dude, beginning of the episode the same thing when she wakes about up the dwarf kids when she yeah, and I was right uh, <laughs> <laughs> when she wakes up from the nightmare or whatever. 
she's sitting in the chair that's next to her father's bed. I didn't, I didn't yeah. catch that the yeah, first time. Yeah, right next to it. Um, yeah. That was cool. But yeah, I don't... Well, I, I was wondering if they were going to bring it up because it is canon that her father was ripped from her from the, his position because he was like an elf lover, right? But when she's put into mm-hmm. power, she's a child. So, uh... Oh, yeah. I wish they would have brought it up, honestly, because imagine not only you have this Palantir, your father brings you to come look at this Palantir to see this vision, right? But that you're also doing that as a kid, right? Like, imagine Mm -hmm. how messed up that makes you in the head, knowing that when you see this elf, you see this person when you're, like, 12, and then when you're, like, 30, you finally see them. And you think that means the end of your entire city. Like, that it's just going to be completely... Your, your entire nation is going to be completely destroyed. Mm-hmm. I feel like if they would have done some type of flashback scene that way as well, later, oh, I, think, that I think that's a kind wonderful. of a missed opportunity to bring up the point that it's something that she's had ingrained in her since she was a child, yet she's still choosing to do the correct thing. Um, Maybe we'll uh, get... We still got four episodes left this season. And I'm sure she... I don't think she's going to be gone at the end of the season. I think we're going to see more of her. So... I, I think there's always the opportunity um, for that kind of stuff. The last thing I will say, and I will definitely not talk long on this because I know you guys have plans <laughs> to possibly get Fabio the Iguan yes. on here and he's going to be the expert, but the score is absolutely yeah, amazing. I, I just bow down to uh, all the composers on that have worked on this. It has been just... Music speaks so much where yeah. words mm-hmm. can't, and this score has been killer and it's it's not only just that but it's the combination of the music with the scenes right where the Mm. the music is swelling as the scene is changing and all all these other very great artistic choices are just make it so beautiful and memorable all right with that we got to wrap this up uh thank you so much for being on swarls i'm really glad that you uh you could be here and uh Oh, thank you so much. I hope I passed, passed the test, you, Mr. Sean. You passed Sean. the test with flying colors. Um, I can't wait to guest on your Percy Jackson podcast. Uh, <laughs> Let's go. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, since you're the since you're you're the guest, Swirls, why don't you tell people like uh, you know where can they find you online? Seriously, the only place you can find me online is twitch.tv slash swirlsbarkley72. I don't have any socials. That's that's so good. if you want to come watch me play Call of Duty, yeah, I play a lot of Call of Duty. Modern and, Warfare 2 uh, coming soon. Oh, so close, so close. Play that, and then I'm also a Kingdom Hearts fan, so I'm certain these people know about Kingdom Hearts. I've been playing through the all the games on Crit. Heck yeah. What, like a true game? I've never gamer. done that. I've never done it, and I hate myself <laughs> yeah, for doing you it. you should. You really should. Uh, Jason, you want to tell them where they can follow us? Dude, you already know. Super Spaghetti Bros. Join the Discord. Let us know, you know, not only that Sean is wrong about the kids and that <laughs> I was right, but let us know what you think about the episode. What do you think about Adar specifically? I still think that he's like very much stealing the show, um, even though he's barely in it, you know. He's he's the number one thing that I'm really still like, oh, I want more. I want to see more, right? So let us know what mm-hmm. you think. Uh, but yeah, uh, find us at... Uh, twitch.tv slash super spaghetti bros same thing for youtube and uh spike getty bros on twitter um and yeah
You guys can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore AFK. Uh, our juiced cover art was made by at Alks underscore big boy. There's a link to go there in the episode description. Uh, oh, fuck. Uh, our awesome, awesome, awesome intro music was done by Fabio and Jesse did it it's at mvm underscore studio on twitter go to metovistamedia.com or go follow fabio on twitter at fabio the iguana thank you so much for listening guys especially if you made it all the way to the end again enjoy your 11sies not your luncheon i don't care about your luncheon this week (laughs) we'll see you next week for second breakfast bye see ya